0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one red light at a time. We are in for a huge treat this morning. We have the one and only Dion from Dion Talk. How you doing, buddy?
1: Howdy, Mike. Doing great. Ready to share my nerdness.
0: <laughs> yeah, your, your nerdness is going to come through because you are going to educate me in an area, a space that I know nothing. And knowing nothing sometimes freaks me out. Uh, so I just want to understand a little thing, a, a little bit. So folks, yesterday in the Daily Financial News, I talked about the metaverse. I talked about land sales or property sales or whatever you want to call it in this digital world, topping, dare I say, half a billion dollars, 500 million. I said, folks, if anybody out there can talk about this, I would love to hear. And my boy Dion said, I got you. Let's have a conversation. So Dion, what do I not understand about half a billion dollars of digital real estate?
1: So- (laughs) Anytime we talk about something new, like investing in land in the metaverse, Mm -hmm. which is going to be a heavily crypto-based industry, most of the transactions that are happening in the metaverse, since Mm -hmm. they're decentralized, it's happening in the form of crypto. We trigger people. So very carefully, let me say, trigger warning. (laughs) I'm going to express an opinion that some people don't agree with, because if people invest in crypto, there is a need to defend it because the value of crypto is based on demand. Yes. And if anybody even hints, I'm not really interested in crypto. We just actually physically threatened their source of income. So okay. I, I get the, the, the human nature is like, oh, I got to defend that. And, so, and before they put it in the comments, I'll do it first. Anybody who defends crypto, when I say, well, you know, you might like Bitcoin, but what if another coin pops up that becomes the predominant one? They'll say, it's not about the coin, it's about the, the technology. It's blockchain, mm. great. Go buy stocks in blockchain. That's not crypto. That's mm-hmm. the technology. Mm-hmm. So the metaverse. A lot of people, when they go to defend it, which I'm going to do, I'm going to defend it. Yeah, I, I, I'm a gamer. I have three VR sets. I started with the the HTC Vive, went to the PlayStation because they released a game in like a week before the Vive would. So I spent 500 bucks just to have access. You and now I have the Quest, <laughs> which is oh, wow. put out by Facebook. And I'll explain the cost changes that have happened with those too. Okay. But when I talk about the risks of investing in the land in the metaverse, people are going to do just like crypto and say, oh, but it's not about the land. It's about the technology. Blockchain is the answer. Well, great. Go buy stocks and blockchain. Okay. Investing in the metaverse has been around for decades. This started in the 90s. I hope
0: people are hearing this. Okay. Because I think it's this history that people need to realize. This is not a new thing, not a new concept. No. You, you, were, you were buying and selling metaverse land in the 90s. People Correct. need to hear this. Okay. A lot of people
1: quoting the name metaverse is coming from a book that was in the early 90s. But the, the real evolution here is the internet. Mm-hmm. Phase one of the internet was text. We could go to a website and put in text. There was some hyperlink text where we could click and go see other text. Mm-hmm. Then phase two is what we have now. We have video, we have streaming. We, it's all two dimensional. We're starting to see phase three or whatever they call it, three of it being a more virtual world. You have 3D images on Facebook, on your phone, you have VR headsets. And so in the nineties we had the internet which wasn't owned by anybody. Some places tried to regulate it and, and they try to control it but it's, it's owned by the people who go in and create it. So you have a game And the problem is our generation, when we were kids, we had Atari and Nintendo pop up. (laughs) So we grew up to think a job where I stare at a computer screen is is normal. We have a generation now that's growing up with Minecraft. While they're still looking at a screen, they're performing actions in a 3D world with up, down, forward, backwards. They're going to, that generation is going to think that working in a virtual world is normal. So while we can logically process that, our brains say, well, that's a five or 10 year thing. And Metaverse has already been here for decades. In 1997, a game ca- came out called Ultima Online. So this is a fantasy RPG where you went in, you made a character and you played with thousands of other people. But the map was a set map and you could build houses. You had to gather the resources, buy the deed, build the house, spend your time in the game to make it, right? It took weeks or months to get the resources and then to find the plot of land was really hard. So people would buy them to skip the, I don't have to gather the resources, I don't have to find the land. And as the map filled up, there was less and less places to put houses. Literally it would be full. So it became an economy where that map is full. So you would, and you could build a little cottage, which was basically the size of a room all the way up to a castle that took up several map squares where you would walk for minutes in the game to get around your own structure. I was selling some of those castles for around $1,400. So this is land in a virtual game that doesn't exist in the real world in 1997 that people were buying. So I, yeah, so one
0: one second, because I want to make, this is so important because it's happening again, just at a grander scale. So you're in this game in the nineties. Are you actually doing the work, meaning getting the resources and getting the land, building the castle and then selling, or did you buy it from someone else and then hold and then sell it later for more?
1: I did a little of both. In the beginning, most of us, that like the real nerds that day one were in, built a couple things. But then I became basically a virtual real estate agent. Exactly. I did exactly. hundreds, I don't know, close to a thousand of transactions. I would go to friends' houses and say, watch here, let me make, in, in the game, I would make like 300,000 of the currency, which was about $30. So I'd make $30 in 10 minutes. Mm. I would go, there would be a place where a bunch of characters were in the game. I would look for somebody selling a house. I would watch until I saw one who was selling who didn't know the value. I would buy it. I would wait a little bit until that person was gone and I would resell it at the right value. Mm. Basically, wholesaling and flipping properties, you don't have to rehab them. It's not that that deep. Yeah, it, you were actually,
0: well, in today's physical world, that would be called a wholesale transaction. Correct. You found a seller who didn't know what they had. They You agreed to a price that they were happy with. They left, meaning left the game. Then you just stuck it back up, which could have been minutes or hours later, mm. and got retailed. Wholesale, retail. Again, okay.
1: in the 90s. Now, here's where a lot of the people who, you know, they're, they're looking at the screen going, hey, Dion, you're over 30 showing. You might want to tuck that back in. <laughs> they're saying, I don't understand the metaverse, that it's different and that it's new. And here, here's the change. Instead of people playing a game, selling these things, there is people making hundreds of thousands of dollars because large corporations have made basically what are called sandboxes. So virtual worlds where that corporation owns it. So when we say metaverse, it doesn't mean that there's one place you log into. It means on the internet, any corporation or large enough company can create either a game or a virtual space. So we have Decentraland, which is a city where they play on the word decentralized. You can buy a storefront in this city. You actually own it. That's your storefront. It was created by the developer. You're in there. You can sell whatever virtual wares you are. That's they want to call it real estate, but it's an actual space in virtual reality that is yours in Decentraland and you own it. And then you can do transactions in crypto or whatever. So I I get that there are people making a lot of money on that, but here's the problem that they're not paying attention to because this happened with the games and the games evolved because right now we have Decentraland and Sandbox and a couple other names I couldn't remember, but they're large and corporations are running them. Facebook is trying to make meta for the metaverse, like trying to play on the name. Ultima online was a great game and I was making good money. I mean, I was this was this was way before I became an investor. Part of my income was from playing a game and on nights and weekends. And what do you call it? Not slave labor. <laughs> Putting my kids to work in a game where if they made some money, then they got to play the game, right? And I made the money out of it. There's probably a better term for that. Child but- labor. <laughs> these virtual spaces exist on maps when you're in the environment you're on a map you can walk around on the map you can see it's 3d the vr changes that you can like fly from buildings and climb buildings and stuff now but that map is the whole world unless you know in in real estate people say i'm buying more land because they aren't making any more of it decentraland can they say they won't but they can add another section to the city right they say they won't great but games like that evolved, um, Ultima Online, EverQuest, World of Warcraft, Fortnite, exist on servers. And that server could just say, this is our East Coast server now. Here's our West Coast server and you have twice as much planet. Mm-hmm. So that happened in Ultima Online. They, they they said, oh, we now have new servers. So we have enough players to justify more space to play in because that way we're not crowded. Well, all of a sudden the $1,400 castle was worth $300 because there was twice as many places to put a castle. Yeah. And so the first thing, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say another example of supply and demand. If you're operating in a fixed environment that suddenly isn't fixed, uh, price will adjust and it will be nasty and quick.
1: Correct. So the person watching who's saying, well, Dion just doesn't understand this because I have white in my beard. (laughs) is thinking, well, Decentraland can't create any more. They said they wouldn't. Well, maybe, they, maybe they'll even commit to not making another server. So that's just the one that there is, right? So people say Bitcoin only has, what is it, 21 million coins. They can't make any more. Yeah. And so the big difference between Bitcoin and Dogecoin is Dogecoin can create 5 billion or whatever a year that they're going to add. Mm-hmm. So Bitcoin seems more attractive. Well, what if another coin comes up that performs better than Bitcoin? has better security or whatever new technology that comes out. Decentraland is great. And people are going to spend all this money to own these shops. Well, what if another Mm -hmm. platform comes out in the metaverse, which is all of the internet Mm -hmm. where the prices are better, the graphics are better, new technology comes out because there's, there's three levels to the the third phase of the internet. It's a blending of virtual reality, augmented reality and reality. They're coming out with, we talk, we've seen a couple of years ago, they had the Google glasses where you could wear glasses and have yeah. a screen. And now you can have your phone. You can hold your phone up as a real estate investor, take a picture of your rental, put in augmented reality pictures of the couches, and you can basically decorate the room. Those things aren't really there. So we're already mm-hmm. using augmented reality in daily life, especially as investors. Mm-hmm. That's what this third phase of the internet is. So new technology that we don't even understand yet yeah. is being developed. It, it, I, I almost don't want to say this because for 10 years, Apple has been saying, or people have been saying that Apple is announcing their new VR headset next year, since 2011. I mean, over 10 years now, they've been saying that. And the, the, the tech that they are sharing is tracking facial expressions. Mm. So we're, we're used to using, not used to, but some of us are using Teams where instead of having a Google meeting for your company, everybody puts on a headset and your, your avatar is in the room. Imagine an avatar that showed your facial expressions. online and this technology is getting more and more advanced every day the first step with the internet was getting it in everyone's home right everybody has watched what the bill gates somebody made a joke you think somebody's going to want to play with a mouse with their computer that's Mm -hmm. stupid and computers are the size of the room then we get it down to the size where it fits in a room and windows came out macs have advanced were pretty much everybody has access to a laptop or a computer in some sense even in countries where the cost of living is expensive there is technology getting there it's, it's going everywhere so we reduce the cost of computers when VR first came out there was a barrier to entry the, the the original first headset that I had was the HTC Vive it cost around $800 but to play with the HTC Vive because it was just the headset and the controllers you needed a gaming computer that would cost around two grand for it to function with any source of um, you know, reasonable uh, graphics. Okay. So you were $2,800 into having a VR set. And there really wasn't much use for it. There were a couple of games and people were making these uh, sandbox games saying, look, in VR, you can swim in water. So here's a, a water environment and you can swim. That was it. That was the whole existence of that product. <clears throat> larger corporations now are getting on board. We have two, what are called MMOs, so multi- massive multiplayer VR games now where thousands of people log in to play. Mm. The games themselves are, have a cost to purchase, but then they don't have a monthly subscription. Instead, they're going to have in-game purchases. If you right. want to look cooler, you have to buy this thing. So they're going to make a lot of money. It's more mainstream now. So after the Vive, the PlayStation came out with their VR, Which was one direction, kind of limited. And the Vive, you had sensors in the room, so it was it was hard to set up. You had to be tech savvy to get it to work, Mm -hmm. at least for you know somebody over thirty who's there over thirty is showing. So so with the Vive and the PlayStation, now they came out with the Oculus Quest, which was produced by Facebook, and with a genius move of, let's put this in everyone's hands. They have a three hundred dollar version and a four hundred dollar version, standalone no sensors, no computer. You can sit in in, in the the seat of an airplane and play the games that you have downloaded onto it or work on your your station that you've got downloaded to it. You can go out in the middle of a grass field and practice um, Tai Chi Mm. with your headset on and have an instructor teach you Tai Chi out in the grass. You don't need any, you don't need an internet connection. You don't need power. There are games that play online, but some are downloadable. Mm. Like you you asked me one time if it was good because I get my cardio from my VR systems. There's a couple of games like Beat Saber where you have a lightsaber in each hand and you basically pay, play Guitar Hero in full 3D. So these cubes come at you and you have to chop them in a direction to the beat of the music. And within two or three songs, even old people, I'm just drenched in sweat. It's great cardio. And there's several games like that. There are workout video games where a trainer runs you through systems.
0: Wow.
1: You know, one of the things that people don't realize about Peloton, everybody thinks about Peloton. They think about the bike and the treadmill. Right. Peloton is a software company. Yeah,
0: content. Yeah. yeah.
1: Their, their, their business is in their, their renewable monthly sur- subscription to that content, right? Mm-hmm. So this is what's happening with the metaverse. The problem is a few people are going to make a lot of money and be the new millionaires, like there was when you could buy Bitcoin for $2 and all of a sudden now it's $70. And there's a, you know, person is multi-billion, you know, billionaire, multi-hundred millionaire, whatever. And that will be what makes the news. Yeah. What isn't going to make the news is all of the people who try yeah. and don't make any money.
0: Yeah, this, this to me, again, I came in with open mind not knowing where this was going to come from, but this feels a lot like the, four, like the gold rush in, in 1949 or 18, 1849, whatever that was, the gold rush. Because again, lots of people were attracted to the shiny yellow metal. Lots of people came to California to make their mark most of them suffered who made the money were actually the people the shopkeepers who sold picks and shovels and levi's and all of that this kind of feels like that there will be some people that make a mint but it will be very few and there will be thousands of people who invest time and energy and real money that end up going nowhere
1: So my opinion, my takeaway that I think the average person is thinking, should I invest in the metaverse? I don't know about investing. Participating, yes. The money to be made in the metaverse is from selling things. Yes. The money to be made in the metaverse metaverse, is not from owning things.
0: I think that's key. And again, lots of ways this can go. And I love the fact that you were wholesaling digital real estate. What is that? Two decades ago? Two and a
1: half decades ago? It's Crazy. So here, let me, let me do a bit of an overshare. So the games had evolved and I had moved on to the the ending of my period in the game called EverQuest. And I was making three to $500 a month selling things on eBay or at the time they had um, underdeveloped countries had what were called farms where they would, they would gather the resources in the game and sell it. And the person in that country could make multiples of what their daily wage actually would be. They could actually make real livings. Making what a person in the United States can make in a country where that's a significant amount of money,
0: Hmm.
1: I was selling to them, and I had accrued a lot of things in the game. And this is the overshare. I went through a divorce, found out that my spouse um, hadn't paid the bills for three months. Um, I I was one of those husbands that let the wife handle all the finances, and so all this was an eye opener to me. She tried to kill me by running me over, went to jail. And so while she was in jail, I figured out all of this stuff. So this is a great overshare. Wow. I was so far behind the mortgage, the, the utilities, every bill was just not paid. I took everything in the game of EverQuest. And instead of selling the little bit every month, I sold it all at once. Okay. And in about three days made just under $6,000, which caught me up on almost all of the bills at the time. Wow. And then it crushed me and I never played that game again, moved on to the next one. Yeah, because <laughs> you didn't so want like, to start
0: over.
1: Lost everything I had, but literally kept custody of the kids, kept the house because of the virtual assets I had in a game that doesn't exist. Wow. So, so again, that's how real this can be. It has an actual impact on your life. And
0: So again, what, I, what I'm taking for this is some, frankly, I, I can't say never, but I don't envision putting on a VR headset in the next decade. I don't, I don't even understand.
1: for a workout because some of those we can work out together like
0: <sighs> yeah i don't know I just, I just yeah i don't but anyways that's just not me but what i'm taking from this is there's real money to be made buying and selling will absolutely happen maybe holding forever maybe unless you're a big company who's like that's your platform that's your trademark that's your thing but for the average person, buying and selling is great. And you can make real money. I, I, think, I think there's real money to be made, but it's maybe not buy and hold for 30 years.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I don't think buying... That's the, that's the thing I was hoping we would touch on. The mistake is people calling it real estate. Yeah. What, what is the, the actual root words, real estate? You're, you're talking about a state that is real. This is virtual estate. I hope that people start calling it what it is, you know, space in virtual reality or virtual real estate, Some, something to quantify that the investor that's looking at the duplex across town or the, the property in a part of the metaverse, which can be duplicated or replaced, isn't the same asset.
0: Yeah, I like that. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you what your favorite VR game is
1: today. It's a game called Zenith it's the first actual game that I've played other than workout games for more than probably 20 minutes. And this I played, I'm probably at a hundred hours already. Wow. Um, I had to buy extra battery packs, head straps with battery packs, battery packs to switch out um, because I play on the quest, which is not plugged in. So you charge oh. it. Okay. And uh, so I'm hoping to see this game develop.
0: Okay. All right. Zenith is the name. I didn't even know there was a game called Xena. So I will at least go look at the game and see what it's all about.
1: Dion, how can people find you? Right here on YouTube. My content is usually about real estate (laughs) and not my nerdness, but Dion Talk Financial Freedom right here on YouTube.
0: That's awesome, man. Thanks again.
1: Ciao.